So this is building a dream team, a Kidman dream team, but it applies to any team that you may serve or want to serve on or have overhead in. Because let's just be honest, we all serve in a different capacity in different ways. And just because you might be a kids leader doesn't mean that you're not serving also in three other options, you know, of things as well. So, um, who am I? I am, my name's Megan Boyle. I am the new Ohio Kidman director as of January. And so, yes, thank you. So my job is to help resource, um, kids leaders and children's ministries all across the state. We have 288 churches that are assembly of God and somewhere between 800 and 900 ministers that are credential holders. And so I also recognize that in the world of kids ministry, we have a lot of leaders that don't hold credentials because they're really incredible volunteers. And that might be where you fall today as well. So um, curiosity question. So I kind of know who I'm talking to. If you are full time serving at a church, whether you're kids or something else, would you raise your hand? Okay. <laughs> if you're part time, which would be your if you're part-time at a church, raise your hand. All right. And if you're a volunteer that's a rock star, raise your hand. Okay, awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's great. So for each one of us, we have an opportunity to build a team around us, whether you're a volunteer or you're paid by the church, because the reality is that we will all go faster together, right? And But but it's it's hard because... Sometimes you have to go slower to go faster. And what I mean by that is sometimes we have to go slower because we have to build a team. We have to build relationships. We have to do these things that are vital in order for our team to be thriving and all that stuff. And that those things take time when really we could just build a team and be like, you there, you there, you there, you there, you there. And that, you know, is effective for maybe a short season uh, of time. But um, if you've ever run like VBS where you're like, I need warm bodies. Come on. Like, I need, if you can stand and throw some popsicles at a a kid, I need you to just come. But not always do they stick on your dream team because in that moment it's like supply and demand, supply and demand. But how do we build a dream team where we're serving together? Um, I think one of the first pieces to all of this is to step back and say, what is the dream that you have right now? So what is the current dream that you have for the people that you serve with? Like, is it, do you dream of just serving with the people that you have? Or are you like, if only I had more, or if only I, what is your current dream right now? What is it that you would say, man, if this Sunday I just had one more person, or for some of you, it might be this Sunday, if I had 20 more people, I've been there before. So what's your current dream is the question. And I think that that's an important question to start this conversation because we have to know where we're going. We have to know where we're starting out, okay? So in some situations, if you're a wired, if you're a personality that's wired maybe a little bit more like mine, who is administrative and systems and spreadsheets and those kinds of things, sometimes my dream can be like, okay, my spreadsheet says I have, I need four more people to fill it. And then there's this little nudge of the Holy Spirit that says, but what if? I'm giving you six, and you they don't fit your spreadsheet. <laughs> and then there's others of you in the room that you're like, I need 40 
two more people because it's going to be fun. And you just see things differently. You see a dream differently. You see if, if we were talking about a wavelength of thinking, you'd be like an eight or a nine or a ten. And like you think about all of these things like I could have this person. So when we look at building a dream team, we have to start where we're at. So start where you're at and go, this is where I am and this is where I would like to go. So if you're a person that kind of thinks on the conservative side of things as far as the numbers and spreadsheets and stuff, my challenge for you today is to dream big. And if you're a person that already does dream big, my challenge to you, it might seem weird, but my challenge to you is to dream small. Not dream small in your, um, in your function, but dream small in the small relationships that you need to build and the pieces that need to come together. All right? So the tension is this. There's a toss-up that happens as we say yes. Yes, I have a dream of more people. Yes, I have a dream of meeting these kids. But I also recognize that I need to have everybody together. I need to have everybody under the same room. Roof. So first things first, serving others is God's idea. Serving others is God's idea. And in this room, because you're sitting in this room, you might be like, I know that. Thanks so much. But this is a nugget of truth that you can take back tomorrow to that team that you have and say, hey, just a reminder, serving others is God's idea. We know that Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says it this way. Ready? So Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, if you're ninja noting, um, it says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to leave a, lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Have you ever thought you had a dream team and then something happened? And you're like, I don't have to remind people that I, they need to be patient with each other and make allowance for each other's faults and keep unity. And sometimes as the leader of a dream team, you need that reminder for yourself too because you just want to knock heads and be like, I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only person that has ever been frustrated with my team. But there's honesty there because I have to remember that serving others is God's idea. So if this is God's idea, I need just like I'm asking my team, to be humble and gentle. I first have to lead them in being patient with each other. I first have to lead them in making allowance for their faults. I first have to do that. I go first, and you go first too. In building the teams, you go first, because serving others is God's idea. Having a team, a dream team, is God's idea. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, this is what we find. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the, evangel the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. 
As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So when you consider your dream team and you consider that this is God's idea and that these that are part of your team, these that you dream that are, that will be part of your team, you are actually considering how God has established his church to work here on earth. And so we can recruit people to a dream team to say we're going to do these things. But when we recruit them to the reminder that this is God's work here on earth, that being part of this team was God's idea, that when we remind them that there are different responsibilities that we all have and that we are growing together, we're a whole body growing together, they will find their place on a team much faster because they'll want to stay in a team like that. Why will they want to stay in a team like that? Because it doesn't matter then if they get their feathers ruffled about something because they know that there will be patience and there will be allowance for each other. That doesn't mean, you know, you let all craziness break loose and, you know, let people go at each other and all that stuff. As the leader, you still have to step in. But you can allow them to dream together. So looking through the angle of serving others as God's idea, we find the need for this dream team. To build a dream team, you have to know what your dream is. So start with a dream. So if you serve at a local church and there is a leader there, there's a good chance that they have a dream. There's If you serve with a kid's pastor, there's a good chance they have a dream. If you are the leader of girls' ministries or Royal Rangers or whatever kind of ministry, and you're the leader of it and you have a dream, share your dream. Share your dream. Share your dream because people want to come around a dream. They want to see where you, where it is that you're going. Have you ever served in a scenario, I have, where you're like, I don't even know what sport I'm playing right now. So I'm doing a lot of activities. I'm doing a lot of things with a lot of people even. You know, this person's cutting out all the things for Sunday morning for preschoolers, and this person's doing this, and this person's doing that, and they're the best snack bringer ever. And so we appear on the outside as this dream team. But then my mind's going, but I don't know what I'm getting towards. I don't have a dream towards anything. So we're just kind of like doing things and things that don't feel like they matter. So what if you were the person that shared your dream? If you're the leader, share your dream. If you're not the leader, find out what the dream is. I was talking yesterday to a bunch of Kidman leaders, and I was saying, lead up. What does lead up mean? Lead up means sending a message saying, I'm here to serve. What are we, like, how are we going to do this? Or what are we going to do in order to, to get to this place? You can lead up. You can ask for the dream in a really honorable way. You can also ask for it in a really unhonorable way. I would not advise that. That's not helpful. Okay. But. You can ask for the dream. What is it that we're, we're dreaming of? So if your kids' ministry is dreaming of reaching 40 kids this year and VBS is going to be the main vehicle of how this is going to happen, and of course I'm making things up right now as I go, just obviously <laughs> off the top of my head. If I'm the leader and I want my team to be rallying around that and to dream that with me, I'm going to say, what if it was 40 kids? If I have somebody on my dream team, I want them to go, what if it was 50? 
What if it was 60 kids? What if we need another one of me to cut out more crap things? You get what I'm saying? What I'm saying here? Like, if you don't know the dream, ask for what the dream is. If you're the person that needs to be setting the tone for the dream for your team, set that tone. Give them the dream. Remind them that serving is God's idea and serving people is the same way. So is it to reach the kids in your community, the county, your community, our, our country? We can move beyond our abilities and dream really big when we invite the Holy Spirit to dream through us. When was the last time your dream team got together just to pray? Man, that's convicting. Because we get really good at doing what we dream. We get really good at doing the things, the stuff of ministry, the cutting out and the this and that and the other. When was the last time you said, as a dream team, we're going to let the Holy Spirit dream through us? And I would challenge you, leaders, ask the question. Let people, ask the questions that are needed. Let people express what they feel like the Holy Spirit's putting on their heart. Because it's one thing to lead a dream team and say, we're going to pray for this. And you pray about it and go, okay, this is what he said. What if the Holy Spirit was speaking to somebody else on your team? What if the Holy Spirit was giving them a God-sized dream? What if those things were happening and they won't give that information to you so that you can dream on it further unless if you open the door? So give opportunity for your dream team to dream with you. Now, there's a tangible in this. The tangible is this. Sometimes the dream is like so, like, I think the Holy Spirit's telling us to, you know, have 7,000 children here and your church runs like 20. That is a great dream. That's an opportunity for you to help them understand the difference between their thoughts and, you know, what the Holy Spirit would be speaking to them and help them to, you have an opportunity then to help your team, okay? So, serving is God's idea. What is your dream? And when was the last time he let the Holy Spirit dream through you? To build a dream team. Now, I'm not the most perfect at this not and you probably would admit that you're not either much like all of you when COVID happened and all church shut down and you know we went online and we did all that stuff now at the church I was serving at before this I had a team of I think it was like it was somewhere between like 52 because you know how church teams go like 52 leaders to about like somewhere between like 75. So like the gap was really big, but some people then start you know, in and out and stuff. And when we came back from COVID, when we announced that we were going to come back from COVID, I literally had just a handful. And I was like, this is not going to work. Because we went from that to this. This is not going to work. But you know what? Those, that small group of people that were willing to take the risk to come back, we started to dream, and we started to pray, and we started to say, this is what I'm going to do, and what can you do? And they went out, and they became the people that started asking people to come back. They started asking different people to come back. And really, the landscape of our church has changed. 
I don't know if yours did, but like people that we thought would come back didn't come back. People that we never thought would come back did come back. It was like all this confusing stuff, right? Like one time I remember walking into church and being like, all the old people are here. Like the ones that could actually be high risk, but none of the people, uh, whatever, you know? And it was just confusing because I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Like this doesn't make any sense. That's the story of the, that's an understatement, right? This doesn't make any sense. Um, but what started happening was that people started saying, you know what, because I value it, I'm going to step in and I'm going to try to serve. And they, they became part of this dream team. So when I left the church, we were back to having about 77 actively serving. So not just like waffling, 77 people on our kids' team. And I don't say that to say like, oh, look at me go. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of dreaming. It was a lot of going to people and taking the time to build the relationship with them and saying, hey, I know we don't know each other, but I like ice cream. Do you like ice cream? Let's like have this conversation together. Let me tell you about the dreams of what I see God doing in Sandusky County. Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's how I think we're going to get there. Do you, have you ever thought of that? And, you know, people started engaging in these conversations of like, well, I'm not really good at any of that. And in just a minute, we're going to talk about this. But I'm not really good at any of that. Like, I'm just like a tech person. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I have printers that break every Sunday. Like, you could be my tech person. You know what I mean? Like, but it was a dream that I had to pursue with other people. And I had to present to people the opportunity to say, this is God's idea. It's not even my idea. This is God's idea. Will you join me in it? So. You have a dream, you recognize that it's God's, let's build that dream team. So we're going to stop, look, and listen, okay? We're going to stop, look, and listen. The first thing, stop. On Sundays or in whatever kind of time of ministry, do you ever stop and look around? If you're a busy person, a busy leader, the answer is probably no. Do you ever just stop in the lobby of the church and go, Oh, I didn't realize that person was here. I wonder what their story is. Have you ever stopped and looked for things in people? Have you ever stopped and said, Holy Spirit, show me, like, literally draw my attention to the people that I need to be drawn to? It seems like it's rocket science, but man, what if we just stopped for a minute? Or a consecutive couple weeks and said, what is it that I see? Call out what you see in people. And I'm not going to be like, hey, Jen, I think you have cool nails, so that must mean you're artistic. You should join. I mean, that, that's weird, right? They, they are not joining your dream team if you do that because they don't dream about that. <laughs> but be specific, right? So if you stop in a lobby of a church for three weeks and you see the same person that is so caring. What if you said, I saw the way that you saw that you knew all those kids' names when they came into church? You know what? That person might become your champion greeter in kids' ministry. And all you had to do was stop and let the Holy Spirit see what is already inside of them. Call it out of them, and then they become part of your dream. Hey, I really dream of a place where our kids' ministry is safe and welcoming, kind and loving. And you know what? What I see over the last three weeks is that you do that. Can I talk to you about the dream? They might say no. 
But what if they say yes? You can build a dream team there. And they already know that you see value in them. And what is greater than knowing that someone values you? Look for ways to teach a new skill and opportunity. What is the plan to achieve your dream? Well, sometimes you have to be looking for an opportunity to teach that new skill. Right? So we said, look for the abilities in people. Okay? What is your plan? If your dream is to have a puppet team, you're going to have to do a training to, like, teach them how to do that thing. You've got to call out in them an ability. You know what? You're really great at being in front of people. I had a student. She was a student leader now. And she was just, like, one of those, you know how those people are that walk into, like, a room of little, little kids, like the preschool age, and they just are, like, like fish, just, like, automatically. And they would be, like, well, I just am really good at, like, playing Play-Doh with them. It's, like, my favorite thing is, like, play Play-Doh. And I was, like, okay. So, like, what if I taught you how to tell the Bible story in preschool? Like, what if I taught you? What if you came along with me and I showed you how to teach that lesson? Well, that same student now went from doing that to she literally is one of the, the on the teaching team of the elementary kids because she realized that there was something inside of her, but someone had to say something and someone had to teach her and give her a chance. And that's you. When you're building a dream team, you got to find the people. you got to find them. All right? Do you ever let people, so we're talking about stopping, right? Do you ever let people stop serving in one spot so they could consider another? <sighs> what? I suggest to you that if you have a team member that's on your dream team and they're not quite living the dream anymore, they can't see it anymore, what if you had a conversation with them and said, what do we need to stop? Like, do you need to stop serving? Do you need to stop serving in the nursery because the screaming kids make you walk around like this? That's not a good look. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Walking around the nursery like this is not exactly a good look. But what if we could find you a different spot? Oh, I still want to serve kids, though. I still believe in the dream. I still want to see kids' lives change, kids empowered. I still, I still, I still. Okay, but let's stop doing one thing and let's start doing another thing. So sometimes building your dream team looks like moving your team around. Sometimes it looks like moving them to this place where they're going to thrive the most. Because if they're thriving, they are going to create a spot for the dream to continue to be growing. They're not going to be dream killers. They're going to be life givers in that spot. So, you know, the ladies walking around like, ah, what if what if they could be like really great at the tech because they're sitting by themselves like you know all they have to do is turn the lights on and off like what if these were the cases we have um accidentally done a disservice to people in our church world of once you start serving you never stop you never take a break you just tough it out what if the best way to serve your team and to build your dream team is to let people stop. And when you let them stop, you bless them. You thank them and you release them with no guilt.
that's hard. And sometimes it's a little bit more like, I don't know how many nights I spent with that person on the phone trying to talk them through of how to make that curriculum work and all these different things, right? Whatever your scenario is. But it's true. God could be putting that person in a stop spot because there's a different person that's coming. And it goes back to what we were saying before. Call out what you see in people. Look around you. So, how are you going to achieve that dream? You got to look, you got to stop, and you got to look. And then listen. Again, it seems obvious. This seems obvious. But it's not obvious because we don't do it. We don't listen to people. As much as we want to say we listen to people, we don't listen to people. We don't listen to our current team when they say, what if we move that chair over there because it kind of gets in the way every time? And we're like, no, it sits there because it sits there because it sits there, right? We don't listen to what they're saying. So you know what happens, though? Every Wednesday night when they're sitting with that kid in girls' ministry and that girl trips over it every time, they're like, if they would just listen to me, they would just listen to me. If, if Megan would just listen to me, Megan would just listen to me. What's that growing in her heart? That's not growing unity and allowance for other fault. That's growing this. <sighs> I don't have room and you don't have room either in the scope of things and the spiritual struggles that we're in, in our world, for places of strife. We don't have time for that because our struggle is not against flesh and blood or against a chair in the wrong spot in a room, but it is against powers that are at work that are stealing our kids and allowing marriages to be ruined and allowing kids to be walking the streets of places alone and broken, right? So what if we could stop and just listen? What if we had an opportunity with our dream teams once a quarter and said, tell me what I don't know. Tell me what I don't know, and I'm going to listen to you. And then here's the thing. If you tell people you're going to listen to them, you better actually listen to them, right? Like, tell me what I need to know. Okay, so then I'm going to Like, that is so frustrating. And if I'm on a team like that, I'm taking myself off the team because I need to be heard, if you're going to ask, especially if you're asking. So listen. Listen to people. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to how they're responding. Listen to how they're interacting with each other. You can learn a lot about your dream team and where they're at by how they interact with each other. On a Sunday morning, if it's like, hi, then maybe your dream team needs to take a pause and be like, let's see if we can be friends, right? Let's, let's revisit some things that are just following Jesus kind of traits. <laughs> like, let's revisit, like, the fruit of the Spirit kind of conversation as a whole. Let's revisit this kindness. And it's like, but I'm telling you, unless if you're stopping and you're listening and you're looking for these things, your dream team is not going to continue to be built. No one wants to jump. Like, I used to hear this all the time when I was in college. Like, no one wants to jump on a sinking ship. And I'm like, of course not. I don't even want to jump on a ship. But, like, but I don't, but we're talking about teams, right? And we should be able to do these things. And sometimes people will be gracious. 
sometimes people will be absolutely gracious and be like, well, yes, I did. I did, you know, teach Sunday school for 52,000 years, so I'll go ahead and do it again, even if they don't like it. They'll be gracious and join your team. But what if the next time she goes to her friend's house, she says, you know what was really incredible? I had this problem, and that chair kept getting in my way at that room. And Megan went and said, well, let's just move it then. And she moved it, and that one girl stopped falling over it every single Wednesday night because she's clumsy, and that's what she did. You know what that says to that next friend that she's then talked to? That there's value in being on that team. And because there's value in being on that team, maybe I could be on that team. Or I have this really good idea. I have a friend right now that says this phrase, and I know I need to listen for about 10 minutes afterwards. I was thinking about this one thing that always means there's not one thing. I was thinking about this one thing, but you know what? She told me just a couple weeks ago that when she says that phrase and people stop listening, she doesn't try to talk to them about her ideas anymore. So on your dream team are the creative people that have ideas, and you're like, God, give me ideas to reach this generation. And he's going to use a person that has yielded, but we haven't listened. <sighs> That's a tough pill to swallow. What if there's a person on your dream team that is really, really thinking about how they can serve a different person, but we don't listen? Oh, no, no, we don't listen because we got things to do. And there is a balance there. I get it. I'm not telling you to throw your to-do list out the window. I'm not throwing you, telling you to do those things. What if we listened? And what if you listened to the Holy Spirit for yourself? So, once we funnel all of this down, we're talking about a team as a whole. But what if you listened to the Holy Spirit for yourself? What if your own time in your own walk with God became so strong that nothing that anyone could do could stop you from sharing the dream and about the person of Jesus that you know so well? What if the Holy Spirit was speaking to you so much and giving you so many dreams and visions for people and compassion that when you stop in the lobby to look for things and listen to people that the Holy Spirit shows you, that that person is in a tough spot today, and you said, hey, can I pray for you? And this is what the Holy Spirit's saying. Man, I'm jumping on the team of that person any day much faster than I am a person that's like, ah, bro. And you're like, do they even know what a Bible is? So we have a big picture, right? We have a dream team. We have grandiose ideas. For some of you, you might need 45 more people just to have, like, correct staff ratios. Like, there's big things that are necessary, but what if the start of all of it is the Holy Spirit speaking to you first? The Holy Spirit drawing you to himself, and therefore you then minister, and you build dreams, and you have relationships out of that. No one can take that away from you. You can be down. Your team could leave you high and dry. But at the end of the day, if you know who you are, if you know the word of God, if you've prayed, if you've sought him, 
discouragement might come, and it might settle for a little while, but it can't stay. However, if we are tossed by the waves of the sea, as volunteer leaders, as paid leaders, as building these teams, we're going to be tossed just like they are. And so, ultimately, to build a team of ministry that God has called you to, it starts with you. So serving is his idea. You can stop. You can look and you can listen. But it starts with you. And it starts with you every day. And every Sunday and Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever the ministry that you are serving in looks like. It starts with you as a volunteer. It starts with you as a paid person. It starts with you, I'm not even sure I really like kids, kind of kids ministry, or the ones that have done it longer than I've been alive. And everywhere in between. There is a story of a child that was born. um, And I'm going to give you the paraphrased version because the long version's long. Um, (laughs) So there's a there's a child that was born to a missing family in Africa lots of years ago okay and so um, this child basically was given to another missionary family because of medical things for the other family the, the mom passed away all of these different things and this child ends up coming to America when they're probably like elementary age and they are raised by a Swedish family like a normal, just family that's educated, all these things. Always curious about why, what this backstory was, right? What was the story that of how I got here? What was the story of my family living in Africa? What was the story with all these things? So grows up and never really knows much else other than knows that adopted by another family and becomes a, one of the high, a highly educated person, finds out, gets curious, finds out who her, her mom was. Who is this person? Goes, finds the information, finds out that she had passed away, but finds that her dad is still living. Her dad is still living in Sweden. Because of the horrible things that happened to her parents before she was adopted and sent to American thing, from that point on, the dad became an alcoholic never said the name of God again. Very clear that that was not something that was ever to be spoken in his presence. Well, his health became failing. Found out who he was, the health became failing. Went to Sweden to meet him. To, yeah, he was, he, yes, that detail is clear now. <laughs> Sorry. So goes to meet him. And he says, don't you speak that name. And she says, God has never failed me in all of my life. God has never failed me. And he says, yes, yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. The backstory that's in between that is that before they went to travel to see her dad, she, by happenstance, happened to meet the, um, super, what would be like the equivalent of our superintendent of all of the churches in the Congo. This one little boy was the only child, the only person 
that her mom and her dad led to the Lord before all of the crazy things started happening. Just one child. Grew up to become all these things. And so she said to her dad, Dad, you don't understand. What you did was not in vain. What you did was not in vain. And that one person made the difference for all of these things. And there was reconciliation that happened. He became a follower of Jesus again. Shortly passed away. And so the story became the, the story essentially came out because it said you never know the difference that one life's gonna make, right? So like there's lots of fun details and all that, but I didn't want to read them to you. But um, that one person, and think about it for your dream team. For the people that they're ministering to, it could just be that one kid. That one kid that's so obnoxious that is loved and chosen by God. That one kid, that one leader that you stop and you look at them and you, and you listen to them and they've never been heard before in their whole life. And now you've communicated value to the kids you're ministering to, to them as an image bearer of Jesus Christ, because people are that and on your team. So, your dream team will make an impact through multiplication that only you can pray for, that only you can work toward, that you can only you can believe in. I wish I could tell you there was like a set strategy. Like, okay, if you do these five things, then these three things will happen, and then these two things, and then you'll for sure get one solid leader out of it. I wish I could tell you that that's the case. But you guys are all from different parts in Ohio, I'm sure of it. And that there's different culture there. You know, there's different things that happen. Like where I came from, this last church, don't ever try to recruit a leader if it's, if it's harvest because they're out on their tractors. I'm not having a dream team meeting at that time because they're not coming. I learned it the hard way. <laughs> you know why I learned that the hard way? Because I didn't stop and look at what was happening in my, in my world, though. Truly, I didn't stop long enough to look around and to listen to them saying, yeah, after we all work our full-time jobs at the factory, then we're all going to do this because two, this two weeks is harvest. I'm like, let's plan a meeting. I only did that once. <laughs> Learn, you don't plan a meeting during that time. So the dream team, God has put you in that place. And I don't have a formula for you, but I do believe that if you'll stop, look, and listen, and you'll allow the Holy Spirit to help you, you'll allow other people around you, that that team will tr continue to grow, it will continue to thrive, and it will continue to be alive in such a way that it will extend the hands and feet of Jesus to those that are around you. And that's really ultimately the end goal. Not so that you walk out of this room going, I can have five more leaders this way, or three more leaders this way, or two more leaders this way, and if you thought that's what you were coming for, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> but to look at it from a different perspective, so we have just about 10 minutes. And so I just want you to ponder these things as you, you go. And maybe even if you want to interact with me right now, I know that today's been a long day and this one being at the end is a little bit more tricky. So um, we were going to kind of like actually talk through these, but I might just set you all free early because I get it. It's been a long day. Um, but here's some things to really, really think through. What are things that prevent you from dreaming big dreams from your teams? What are things that stop you from asking people to be on your dream team? Like, 
there are things that should stop you from asking people to be on your dream team, right? Like, if it's not the fruit of the Spirit, it's something else, right? Like, you should not ask that person. <laughs> you should not ask the person that you are confident is not going to pass the background check, okay? <laughs> you should not ask that person, okay? You should not ask the person to be the snack lady whenever they are not kind. You know, like, there are obviouses here. Like, obviouses? I think I just made that word up. Cool. Um, there are things that you should absolutely not do. And if I can get on my soapbox for a minute, y'all are mandatory reporters. If you didn't know that, you're all mandatory reporters. Like, meaning if there's something going wrong with a student in your scope of influence, you have to report it legally. And please, for the literal love of God, quite literally, please do that. Okay, so that's a little soapbox because working in this role now, I hear so many more stories about horrific things, and I am so done with it. Like, and so there are people in those situations, you you don't need to, to be part of that. They don't need to be part of your dream team. And what is the primary action step for you today? Do you need to stop tomorrow? Do you need to look? Do you need to listen? We probably all can increase in all those areas, right? I need to increase in those areas. You probably all need to, but what's one of them that you can like literally decide for the next four weeks, I'm going to make sure I stop. I'm going to make sure I'm actually listening. And I'm going to make sure that I ask a question that they tell me something when I'm listening to them. Not like, you know, is it going well? Because the answer is going to be, yep. Tell me the things that are most difficult and then listen. Tell me the things that you're most excited about then listen. Because I think it'll make a big difference. So can I pray with you? And then um, if you have a question, I can attempt to answer them. And then you can roll out of here and get a snack and take a bathroom break. <laughs> Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us to stop and see the people around us. Help us to stop action long enough that we can actually long to build a dream team. Help us to stop our own thoughts long enough that we listen for you. Help us to look for people around us. Help us to look for the people that you've already given to us. You've already entrusted people to us, and we just don't see them yet. Help us to look for the good in people. Help us to call out of them what it is that you've placed inside of them and give them confidence in that. Help us to listen to you. Help us to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, this is the way, walk in it. Help us to listen to what it is that we need to dream about and the things that we need to like not send the, spend the sideways energy on. Help us to listen. Help us to be men and women of God first before we ever try to build a team, lead a team, or change the world. Help us to be men and women of God first. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear um, your word as we read your word. Help us to pray in truth. Help us to, ex to show the fruit of the Spirit. Help us to be the example. Because ultimately, serving others is your idea, but you choose to use us as leaders. And so I pray that you would help us to be the best leaders that we possibly can be. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. So, any immediate question?
or thought like, I just really have this burning question I have to ask you before we leave this room. Awesome. Um, so that you know this, if you are in a kids ministry role and you are needing some help with just different things, maybe you just need like a coach or somebody to just talk through a scenario with, um, if you contact the Ohio Kidman office, it can't always be me. Let me just be honest with you. It can't always be Hannah, my admin, but there are area leaders and there are leader development team members and there are like really incredible people that would love to just be able to say, what's your story and how can I help? And so you can reach us if you go to ohiokidman.com, 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 ohiokidman.com. Um, there's contact information there. There's resources. There's a really big plethora of stuff. And so um, don't, don't walk alone if you don't have to.